Good morning, everyone. This episode was with Taxes with Kate. I consulted with Kate before for my own personal crypto taxes, and I want to leave a few disclosures. One, the conversation we're having is really centered around U.S. taxes. And so if you're outside of the U.S., consult with your local laws, find your local CPA, and then you make your own decisions. What we talked about in this call right here, some of it is just hypothetical, some is for fun. But at the end of the day, you make your decisions. And if you need a CPA, definitely seek one out. Someone can, that can give you actual advice. No one can give you advice other than you and your CPA. So take a listen. So hey everyone, welcome today. I am with Kate. She is a CPA and full disclosure, I have engaged with her before for some consulting work, but today we're independent. We don't really have any connections with each other other than I really like the way that she teaches online. So I wanted to bring her into the show today to help everyone with the scary question, taxes. So welcome, Kate. You want to introduce yourself? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My name's Kate Waltman. I'm a CPA licensed in the U.S. and my specialization is crypto, NFTs, Web3, tax and accounting. And so it's really been wonderful for me to be able to combine my professional skill set with an area that I'm super passionate about anyway as an investor and a collector. Um, and, and there's lots of unknowns in the space today because there are very few CPAs that are keeping up exactly with what's happening in crypto. The space is going so fast. The IRS hasn't issued complete guidance exactly yet. So the question for today is, in 2021, I dabbled, I played around with crypto, I traded a bunch of NFTs, and then now I'm in the oh crap moment. How do I file my taxes? What am I supposed to do? Exactly. No, this is a very common scenario. And I think 2021 was the onboarding year for a lot of people. And so this is more than likely going to be your first year that you need to consider tax consequences for your crypto and NFT activity. And it's really, there's a couple of different paths and it's really dependent on the level of involvement you've had in crypto and NFTs. If you're someone that's maybe just strictly bought crypto this year and maybe had a couple of transactions where you exchanged one token for another, maybe you bought an NFT or two. If that sounds like your level of involvement, you probably don't need to consult with a professional like me and you can more or less track your activity manually. And there's um, some great software services out there that can help you facilitate some of the capital gains calculations, for example, for your return. On the other side, though, there are folks who have thousands of transactions a month and have, you know, gone in um, feet first and maybe have some more nuanced activity, maybe some DAO involvement, some DeFi staking, some airdrops. If that sounds like you, then it might be time to uh, make friends with a tax accountant that can help you um, sort through some of the more complex areas of your return. And so let's walk it back a little bit. Let's talk about the software. I played around with CoinTracker. Mm -hmm. I think you recommend that. I played with Zen Ledger and then CoinLeaders. And there's a lot of software coming out. And essentially, you can plug in your wallet address, and it's reading the data, and it's interpreting it. How do I know what it is? I guess I loaded it in, and it just seemed very complicated. Yeah, it you know, the, the software takes a lot of the legwork out of the way. And the, the best use for it is that it, it goes ahead and pulls the USD or fiat equivalent valuations for all of the different transaction stamps that you've got in your wallet, which is step one to performing any cal tax calculations. But you're right, it isn't 
you know, it isn't the most user-friendly in most cases, just given that this is such an unknown area and a lot of our exchanges, for example, aren't able to produce nice clean tax forms in the same way that you, if you do stock trading, you're used to getting a nice complete tax form and you don't need to do anything other than plug it into TurboTax. So this isn't quite as straightforward, but Cointracker, Ledger, Crypto Tax Calculator, a few, you know, there are many that have a substantial effort to be as user-friendly as possible, integrating NFT transactions as well. So if you're having trouble with the actual output of the data and wondering how that plugs into your, your 1040, your tax return, if that's, if that's an area of concern for you, all of the teams from those three softwares that I mentioned have been really responsive. If you have customer service questions and reach out to the teams, I've had wonderful conversations with all of them, and I'm sure everyone in the in um, the space has the same questions. So they probably have a great resource to be able to point you to, whether that's a video tutorial, you know, or some FAQ instructions. So not to worry, someone else is probably having the same concerns as you, if that's something that you're worried about. <clears throat> so so let's let's break it down even further and talk to me like I'm five. I have mm. no idea what I'm doing. Okay, and let's say I made a bunch of transactions. I went into Coin Tracker. I think I loaded some transactions in there. I need help. Do I work with Cointracker or do I work with you, my CPA? You've you've both as an option. So all of those tax calculation services typically offer a, a more premium membership option. And if you pay for the higher level of service, then they'll actually help you to generate your tax forms for you for your tax return. They can't always help you with classifying every single transaction some for example like an airdrop you'll need to you'll be prompted to manually go make a few adjustments to the data but ultimately you can you can just stick with those calculation services to produce your tax forms that you need for your tax alternatively though you can work with an accountant and talk through a lot of those transactions that may need some adjusting or may have multiple options for tax treatment because the again the regulation is not specified enough yet. And so in a lot of cases, there are multiple tax treatments for a given transaction and you want to make sure you're working with a professional if that could have a big impact on the amount of tax that you ultimately owe. And so it's really a personal decision. If you, again, if your data isn't, you know, nearly as extensive, you're probably fine just sticking with a third-party software provider like that and getting the tax forms produced for you and working with their team. But um, if it's something that you're going to dive more into heavily maybe and you want some you know solid numbers from 2021 to build off of in the future it might be good to to pull in an accountant just to make sure you're you're starting off on the right foot so so a good example for me is like, let's say i played i dabbled with solana so i went and bought some soul traded within that space and i noticed that coin tracker at the time and maybe it's already been upgraded they didn't have the built-in integration so i have my solana wallet and now it requires me to produce a flat file I'm not a data analyst. I have no idea how to take all of this and make it into a spreadsheet. Yep. Is that, how can I get help on that? Yeah, and that that will be the case. I, I'm pretty sure now Sol is common enough that most of these softwares will have that um, protocol integrated. And but, a good example would be like, it would be some obscure chain or something that's right. really obscure that they don't have that built Correct. in. And that's going to be, you know, that is definitely going to be happening. And if that's the case, then due to the nature of the blockchain, all the data is available to you. It may be more or less user-friendly to determine how to actually export the data into like a CSV or Excel file that would be, that you'd be able to upload into a coin tracker software, for example. 
But that's ultimately what you want to do is be able to get an export of your transactions, ideally in a CSV file. And you're right, it may look like a, a, a mess of numbers and you might not know exactly how to, you know, classify it in a way that it uploads smoothly and gets, you know, added to the rest of your data. So that could be a challenge. But I think if that's you, if you're someone that has a lot of activity coming from those more decentralized exchanges, you might already be someone that probably should be having a conversation with an accountant at that point anyway. And then we can help help talk you through how to get a hold of that data. And then we can integrate it for you into the calculations. Got it. So I wanted to kind of encourage people that are listening, especially those that are putting their heads in the sand, because that is something you want to get ahead of and really just make sure we can get the data into the system. Once it's in the system, it's fairly, it works pretty well. I, you know, I had a very good experience. Now, another question I had from a, a friend of mine, oh my gosh, I loaded in and it looks I have, I have a lot of gains, more than I expected. Can I extend, can I file for an extension? Does that keep me from paying on April 15th or how does that work? This is actually, I'm glad you asked this question because this is one of the more common misconceptions. So while there is, a filing extension deadline that actually doesn't extend your obligation to pay the tax you owe by April 15th. So you, if you have determined you have a reasonable estimate that you will be in a tax liability position, you'll owe tax to the IRS, you still need to pay that tax bill before April 15th, before the deadline, even if you were granted the filing extension to complete and file the rest of your return by October 15th, which is the extended deadline. So unfortunately, it's not a payment extension. I wish it was the case. <laughs> that would be very nice to have some more time to get a hold of the liquidity you need, perhaps. So I'm down really bad. You know, I have all these capital gains and oh my gosh, I don't have the money. If I file an extension, there's a pen. What if I don't pay? Like, can I just wait till the extension and what's the penalty? Yeah. If you don't pay, you'll just incur interest on the amount owed, which, you know, depending on your circumstances may actually still be worthwhile. If, for example, the market's in a dip and liquidating at that time would not be a wise decision for you. If you want to wait and the market does recover and then you can convert some of your tokens to fiat or NFTs to fiat to be able to pay the tax, you'll incur some interest on the back due amount. But but in some cases that could be worthwhile. So never feel like you're backed into a corner. You should always be making logical decisions, you know, and there's always an answer. Do you know what the interest rate is? Is it reasonable? I, I don't is offhand, credit card interest? It's not, it's not unreasonable though. It's not going to be like 25% interest or something. I should look that up though, but I don't know it offhand. Exactly. So, so not, not financial advice, but I mean, if you're really in a pinch and you feel like you can make it up and, or you, you're putting, basically putting a bet that the market will catch up a little bit in the future, you can play that game and file an extension and hold off and pay the penalty. Right. I, right. And ideally, you know, you'll be planning for this throughout the year. Like right now, it's a great time to start your tax planning strategy for 2022 so that by the end of the year, you've already leveraged opportunities like dips and highs so that you can liquidate at certain times of the year that will, you know, be able to start squirreling away some of those acorns for a tax bill that's, you know, a year from now. So, um, you know, it, ideally, this is only a mistake you'll make once. And it, and again, and if yeah. you do sort of run into this issue, then there are certainly more options than just just one. So don't panic. And and so Ethereum is down pretty hard right now. Yep. And so let's say I bought the, at the Pico top, I bought Ethereum at 4,800. Now mm -hmm. I'm sitting in, it's like 2,400. Oh crap, I've lost 50%. Mm -hmm. This this wash trade rule, basically, can I sell and buy back immediately and basically take that loss? 
Yes, you can. And not financial advice, of course, but that's something that can be built into your tax planning strategy. And so that's particularly helpful for capital gains, which is the most common tax liability that will be applicable to most people who are trading crypto and investing in NFTs. And capital gains is one of the easiest taxes to, to plan for and avoid if you just are strategic throughout the entire year. Most people wait until December, the last couple of weeks of the year, to do tax loss harvesting and scramble to try to sell at a loss and maybe are selling things that that actually they want to hold on to and maybe shouldn't be necessarily selling at that point in time. But they're stuck with such high capital gains levels that they need to do something at the end of the year. But you're exactly right. Right now, you know, say say you bought into ETH a few months ago when it was at, at its high and you're confident in ETH, you want to maintain your same investment position, say you're holding one ETH, you could sell that one ETH now, realize the loss, buy back in within minutes. You know, there's no time limit. Normally the wash sale rules, if the wash sale rules applied as they do with stock trading, you'd have to wait 30 days before you could buy back into the same asset class. But with crypto, the wash sale rules don't apply. And so you can manipulate your capital gains position by just planning and watching the market throughout the year. And so that's definitely, while we can still implore that strategy, encourage you to, to do your own research, learn a little bit about it, and potentially incorporate that into your tax planning strategy. And, and that's interesting. Let me ask a general question. So like right now, this wash rule, so you explained it, but essentially I can go sell my crypto and buy it back immediately and essentially realize that loss right away. In other asset classes, essentially there's a rule that you have to basically, you sell it and you can't buy it back for 30 days. Correct. To prevent, prevent that kind of action. Now, let's say I'm assuming we're hearing, you know, that the laws might pass. They might put a wash sale rule on crypto. How does that work? Like when a new law is implemented, does it take effect for the tax year or do they retroactively apply it? How does that typically work? Yeah, I mean, it it really depends. The government can make it retroactive for an entire tax year. They could make it effective from that day forward, you know, and ultimately the government's going to act in their own best interest, not in ours probably (laughs) for something like this, if it means more tax revenue for the IRS. And so, um, and this is something that I feel quite strongly will be eventually, maybe not necessarily a policy for, for wash sale rules that mirror the stock wash sale rules exactly, but something to the effect to be able to minimize this ability that we have currently to manipulate our capital gains positions, some some form of regulation will come into play. And you're right, it'll be that'll be one of the most important points to focus on is the time frame that this is applicable for. I don't see how they could really make it retroactive though. That would be pretty cruel if people had been, you know, been practicing uh wash sailing and then all of a sudden in- incurring a, a number of capital gains or being making the buybacks invalid or so, I'm not sure that they could really mm-hmm. pull that off to be honest. So it'll probably be, you know, we'll get three months notice that from the state forward, this new regulation, you know, will will be applicable would be my best guess. So my lesson learned here is, is, you know, like more than is if you're playing big game, get a CPA, get a partner in this along the way, you know, make sure that you're working with someone that knows what they're talking about. I'm going to transition to somewhat of a fun set of topics. I want to note that these uh, questions are probably not legal or not uh, recommended. So this is not financial advice. We're going to say no to all this, but I wanted to ask because people keep asking these questions, which is the IRS doesn't know about my crypto exchanges. What if I just don't file it? So this is honestly, believe it or not, probably the most common question that myself and our, you know, our CPA peer group get asked about is, 
how will they know? Do they know? What what extent of information does the government have access to currently? And the simplest answer is that legally, regardless of what amount of information the government has, that doesn't change your obligation to owe the tax. And so if if at some point in the future they do obtain enough information to make an estimate that you've underreported your tax position, then at that point in time, they can always impose retroactive penalties and interest on the amount of tax that you would have owed. And so you may feel as though you're skating by for a couple of years under the radar, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in two to five years, you know, we never know. Technology may improve. There may be new regulation that's released. Privacy laws could evolve but not in our favor. You never know what's coming down the road, but ultimately understanding that it's not the amount of information that the IRS is privy to that determines what your tax obligations are. You owe the tax regardless of whether the government is, you know, privy to that information or not. And so acting conservatively, <clears throat> it would be really unwise not to report or to or to severely underreport your tax positions. At the moment, though, the infrastructure bill that's been, you know, discussed a lot late and the sort of KYC requirements that everyone's been talking about for the major exchanges to report certain transactions that are above a, a specific dollar amount threshold to the IRS. That information is really driven at the IRS being able to just get enough of a sense for who should be reporting crypto related income or capital gains tax just so that they can flag you in the system as, okay, this is a person that should be reporting crypto. We don't know how much, but if this, if this person turns into return that has nothing, that, you know, not a trace of crypto-related activity, then maybe you'd be on the naughty list. And so it's always important to report. And then we'll never know. In, in a couple of years, we may have a better sense for what the government is getting their arms around in terms of blockchain data. But the blockchain data is there. It's never going to go away. And so that's the other that's the other thing to be mindful of is that the data is there whether you want it to be or not. So eventually if it gets tied to you, there's nothing you can really do about it. Got it. And so I also get this other question, which is, you know, what if I just make an anonymous wallet? I go make an anonymous wallet completely off the grid and I buy my NFTs or I send my NFTs to this non this anonymous wallet. Yeah. How yeah. will they know? My, I mean, my answer to that is there's a trail to get to that wallet from somewhere. Money can't just appear in a wallet out of the sky. And so if you really wanted to, you could trace back as far as you needed to to eventually get to fiat, right? Which eventually gets to a, a source of income that was tied to you at some point in time. So yeah, you, you can absolutely open fairly anonymous wallets and make purchases and keep that under the radar if that makes you feel better, you know, for the time being. But, you know, ultimately... It would require a lengthy amount of effort, but you could, in theory, always tie an amount that's that ends up in a wallet back to a person. And so I, I and I won't mention the app because I don't I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But there are apps out there basically that will launder your money Washer, essentially, yeah, like it's yeah. just washing right. your money all yep. over the place. Yep. make it truly anonymous and really hard to track. People are like, you know, should I? Can I? Hmm, it's, I'm curious. You know, maybe should I try that? Yeah, you know, like whirlpooling, for example, is a, you know, you could send funds to a whirlpool, spin, 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 you get the same amount of, say, of ETH back for simplicity's sake, and then that gets transferred to another anonymous wallet. I mean, <clears throat> you're right, there are definitely ways to break the chain of direct ties to a wallet that has your uh, KYC information on it, but by virtue of interacting with a pool like that, 
then that sort of like <laughs> indicates what you may or may not be trying to do with that there. So, you know, like I said, I'm not a government official, so I can't really opine on the level of sure. knowledge that the government has and is intending to hopefully have in the future. But, you know, you won't really have an argument from a tax perspective that you weren't under obligation to pay if at some point in the near future the information does surface that that was indeed income that was tied to you in some you know capacity so that's sort of the conservative answer <clears throat> and and so this this theoretical exercise we're talking through and people you know i think we're, we're always just trying to think about it but <laughs> the reality is that's this is uh technically called tax evasion and that's illegal yep and it's the equivalent of just you know money laundering going into the crime business and you can be imprisoned, the, all kinds of penalties, really bad things can happen. I think right now it's fun because it's so new and so it seems like I can get away with it and because it's so easy. But the reality is you're, you're, you're committing a criminal act and do you want that kind of on your back? Right. All the time? Do, do you want that kind of hanging over your head? You know, I, I really value peace of mind. And so, yeah, that's something that I wouldn't want weighing on me, just that unknown, you know, and you're absolutely right. It's important. It's just important to understand what the legality is and then you can make your own decision but it's, it is important to understand what the the laws and regulations are got it got it well thank you for playing with that that theoretical exercise absolutely i'm going to read a meme that's been going around and i want kind of want to get your perspective i, think I know where so you're going with this one <laughs> pet based reading it says hello irs so the client bought crypto dick butts for 0.2 ETH each but then used nifty trader to exchange crypto dick butts to three winter bears three winter bears were sold for 1.7 ETH profit and an ETH was exchanged to the soul to mint crypto, soul crypto dick butts. But then the dev rugged the project and left the client, and I quote, in it for the art. Can the client deduct gas fees for minting of soul crypto dick butts despite the rug pull? I don't want you to necessarily do the tax calculation on that one, but how much of my crazy weird stuff will you as my CPA see? Like all the really oh, all creepy, weird yeah. NFTs. Oh, all of it. Yeah, we want to we want to see all of it. And honestly, that's partly what's entertaining for me about this job is just like getting to see all the fun and interesting projects that people took a chance on, right? And who knows what the outcome is going to be at the time. But yeah, no, we'll ideally we see all of your transaction data and incorporate all of it ultimately into the the tax calculations. It's so funny. There are so many of those memes that run through a scenario like that that describes what a tax accountant in Web3 deals with versus what a tax accountant in Web2 deals with, you know, where it would be, oh, I bought a new house this year and I got married and we had a baby and then I lost my job. And then, you know, and then it's like Web3, you're speaking a completely different language. So I actually should probably publish like a book of poetry that's like a bunch of scenarios like that and to entertain other tax accountants. But it, it would be awesome to see all the weird stuff that you see. And then so then flip that question is how much is the government, what is the government going to see when I submit my and file my taxes? Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a misperception that I'm filing my NFTs and illicit transactions. Right. Am I filing all of my transactions with the government? Right. This is actually a really great point. And a lot of clients that I've spoken with don't understand this and they are under the impression that you're submitting to the IRS all of your transaction data, which actually is not the case at all. What you submit ultimately on your tax forms are just aggregate totals for capital gain capital or capital loss, totals for income. If you've got like a Schedule C for a business, can get a little bit more detailed with income and then expenses. But even still, it's just totals for various expense categories, for example. And so you're never submitting receipts or, you know, transaction data. That's only in the event 
that you get flagged for an audit or the IRS sends you a notice and maybe wants uh, more substantive data for a, a given piece of your return. But that, all that stuff you definitely need to keep for record keeping for seven years is the record keeping threshold. But you're not submitting any of that additional data when you just file your tax return. So that's also really important to understand. So the government is only going to see my crypto dick, but when I get, if I get audited, get audited. in that case, I'll have to hand that over. It will be, yes. If they get audited, you can have a fun time walking them through all of your crypto butt transactions. And actually it's funny. Someone asked me about, it might, they may have been reading me that meme actually now that I think about it, but someone asked me about a crypto butt transaction when I was giving a talk once in a, in an AMA and I thought they were just being a jerk and like making fun of me. And I didn't know that that was an actual project. And so I was and then I only found out later that they were actually asking a legitimate question. Like they wanted to, un to understand like what happened. And I had no idea. I thought they were just being a jerk. So. I, I have colleagues and friends that have made lots of money on that NFT and lots of trading. And it, it's a meme, but it's also like yeah. people have made lots of money on it. Let me ask you as we start wrapping up, what's the tax strategy for 2022? Like I want to get ahead of it this year. I really want to get on top of this and not be screwed like I am right now. Mm -hmm. Like, What should I be thinking? Yes, it's perfect time. I mean, January, February, it's perfect time to start to implement a tax planning strategy for the new year. You have time on your side, which is excellent. And so the two buckets that I would encourage everyone to focus on for 2022 are income and then capital gains. If you have a general understanding month to month of where your status is in those two different tax buckets, then you'll be able to make much more informed decisions throughout the year. And it's really easy to do. You just need to set aside maybe one hour per month. And if you have a, a subscription to like a coin tracker or crypto tax calculator that's seeing your crypto data in real time, then you can check in once a month, determine whether or not you're in a capital gain or loss position. And then any transactions that may need manual adjusting, if it's a more nuanced transaction, like an airdrop, like we talked about, everything's fresh in your memory. So you can go through it. It'll be much easier for you to remember, oh yeah, what's that thousand dollar transaction? You know, rather than trying to take a look at that data in December or January, a year later, when you're preparing for taxes, it makes it much harder to look back and try to remember what you did a year ago. And so if you, on a monthly basis, can start to take a look at your data, if you're, <clears throat> if you're a business owner, look at your income monthly, look at where your expense totals are, then you can maybe do some planning to see, okay, I'm starting to, my net profit is starting to creep up a little bit too high. Next month, let me sort of plan for some more business-related expenses that I may, you know, have been putting off in the past. Now might be a good time to, to, you know, explore some of that. And then by the time the last quarter of the year comes around, you've been operating in such a way that your tax position should be relatively neutral. And then at that point, you can make, you know, your best informed decisions for how to, how to round out the year so that you don't end up with surprise tax bills. If you don't know what kind of tax you're on the hook for, you're not doing, you're not doing your finances right. You should always understand well, bef well before tax season, what you probably are going to be on the hook for. And then you can take advantage of market dips. Like we talked about, then you know, whether or not you should, whether it's smart to buy or sell an NFT at a given time. So, um, if you need help making that strategy or kind of putting a plan like that in place, that might be a good time to meet with an accountant. We're all a bit busy right now, but you could always book an appointment with an accountant to talk for 45 minutes about getting a strategy like that in place. And that will save you so much time, allow you to make much better decisions, take away the stress around taxes, and then you'll know how to operate, you know, going forward. 
So right now, all the accountants are busy for April 15th deadline. We're all in so maybe a good time. We're a little behind. We're hibernating. <laughs> and I can't believe you, you took some time to kind of work on this right now because you're probably swamped as well. How should I wait till after April 15th to get some consultation time? Probably is that the better, smarter thing to do? You can certainly try to to grab some consultation time anytime. You know, I, I always reserve a certain portion of my calendar for consultations and, and client meetings. And that's why we build a team so that I'm not spending 100% of my time, you know, deep in tax calculations. That may, I think the month of April would probably be a bad time because the two weeks prior to April 15th, we're usually scrambling to get everything done. And then the two weeks after we're sitting on a beach somewhere. So don't talk to an accountant in the month of April, any other month apart from that, you're probably all right. Good to know. Good to know. So let's, let me go back a little bit on your earlier point and let's take off the business, assuming, you know, whoever's listening, you don't own a business. You're just, you have income and you're playing around with crypto on the income side with me right now, we're all working at McDonald's. I'm at work at McDonald's cause I'm poor right now and I'm getting paid by McDonald's. I get my income. We call that W2 income, right? So yep. McDonald's is holding back my taxes and I, I get paid a, a month, a weekly, monthly salary. That's income. So then on the capital gain side, that's the stuff that you're talking about. That's what I'm dabbling around. I'm playing with NFTs right now. And I'm praying for that MetaMask airdrop that's going to get me back <laughs> again. Correct. So these these are all those things that I'm playing around. Yeah. What you're suggesting is one on the income side, I should really be knowing like, what's my income looking like? And am I withholding enough taxes for that? Yep. Which is somewhat self-explanatory. Usually my employer takes care of that for sure. me. Yep. On this capital gain side, I really should be tracking throughout the year, not just waiting until like right now I'm screwed. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So you're suggesting at least on a minimum base, a monthly basis, kind of getting an analysis of where I am in my capital gains. Exactly. Exactly. And then you can take advantage of market dips like this and maybe use the wash sale rule to your advantage. So it, it'll give you the ability to make much better decisions throughout the year. And once you understand what you're looking at, it it becomes fun. It's kind of like a game. You get to, you know, play around and understand what your tax position is. And I think people will find that it, taxes become less of a stress and more of something that's kind of like a fun game that you can get better and better at. Only you would probably call that a maybe, fun game, but I, I think maybe. that's amazing and me, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like you. That's why I really like you. Let me finish with one final question is on, okay, I carried forward a bunch of NFTs. They're worthless. The Devs rugged me. I, I'm completely hosed. It's worth zero. What am I doing with these? I know like at the end of the year, people were trying to get that gone. Now I'm into the next year. I'm holding worthless NFTs. How do I get rid of it? Yeah, there are actually. So what you'll ultimately want to do is to sell them, find a third party buyer to take them off your hands for a price that's as close to zero as possible. So you can recognize the, the biggest amount of loss to help benefit offset your, your capital gains amounts. And you're right. A lot of that happens in December. People realize that, yeah, maybe I gave this project a couple months to see if it would revive and it didn't. Maybe it's time to offload it. Ultimately, yeah, you want to find a third-party buyer to make a sale effectively. That can be difficult, though, if you've got a project that's not worth anything and nobody wants it. So there are a couple of services that have emerged in the space that will buy your worthless NFTs for equivalent of a um, dollar or less, often in bundles. So if you've got a bunch, then, you know, that's a really great way to tax loss harvest and realize some some losses. A couple of words of caution. A lot of people have, have talked about the idea of sending these worthless NFTs to a burner wallet. My only word of caution there is that until the IRS 
clarifies whether or not that's actually going to be a true realized loss, I would hesitate to recommend that versus while there are services out there that can can buy your worthless NFTs for less than a dollar. And then that's a hundred percent legal and, and effective way to do tax loss harvesting. The IRS may come out in the future though and say that sending to a burn wallet is a is an appropriate disposal. So that that may be on the table in the future. For now I would call and the only other area of caution is calling up a friend and saying, hey, can you can I transfer you this piece of garbage NFT and then you transfer me back like 0.0001 ETH. And that's okay. If the NFT is truly worthless, then that transaction is perfectly acceptable. But on the other hand, if I have a bored ape and I say, hey, Daniel, can I transfer you this ape and you send me a dollar and then I'll sell my ape at a loss. And then after that, you'll just send it back to me. Then like, you know, everything will be fine. That's um, that's breaking the arm's length transaction rules, and then that actually won't be viewed as a recognizable loss in the eyes of the IRS. So you need to be mindful of what the fair market value of the NFT actually is. If it's truly documented worthless, then I can absolutely call a friend and make that um, transaction happen. But you just want to be mindful that you're not doing anything. If it, if it feels too good to be true or raising a red flag, it probably is. So. And then just to clarify, because I've heard this rumor quite a bit, is there a way to kind of manually claim it as zero? Like, is there a form I could fill out? Or is there a way to tell the IRS like, hey, this is zero? So if you, if you- No one's gonna buy my uh, NFT because it's completely horrible, it's trash, the project's rugged, and the art is just really terrible. But typically you actually do have to dispose of the asset for the loss to be realized. So that's why transferring to a burner wallet is sort of the easiest way people have identified to like, actually realize the disposal. And again, the IRS may come out and clarify that 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 is an appropriate way to dispose of a worthless asset and realize the loss. Ideally, that will be the way that in the future we'll be able to do it. And then that way in your Etherscan data, for example, it would show a transfer out and then that could be labeled as a disposal in your calculations. And then the loss would be factored in to your capital gains calculations. Got it. Got it. Thank you for clarifying. So I have a few NFTs. I'm probably going to keep in my hidden folder until I can figure out what to do with it because uh, I'm a little embarrassed to share. Kate, yeah, hidden thank you so great. much today. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate everything you're doing in the space. I know you've been in a lot of spaces educating people. We need more people to educate and I like the way that you do it. So I've personally worked with you and I, I enjoy kind of learning from you. How can people contact you? Is it too late to engage with you? Thank you so much for saying that. It's It was so nice to, to work with you as well. And uh, I really appreciate you bringing me on your platform. And I think it's so important to help get some of this information out to the community, because like you mentioned, there aren't very many people yet who have emerged that are sharing this you know type of tax information. So I'm really grateful that you would bring me on and, and then give me the opportunity to share it. So yeah, if anyone's interested in learning a bit more, maybe following uh, me on Twitter, uh, my handle is at KP Waltman, and you can probably find some entertaining text tweets there or jump in maybe a Twitter space that I'll be speaking in. Um, happy to take questions via Twitter. My DMs are open. Alternatively, you could always find my contact information on my website, which is taxeswithkate.com, which may be easier to remember. Perfect. Well, thank you, Kate. I hope uh, we'll stay in touch and I will see you around on the metaverse. You sure will. Can't wait.
And so if you listen to the end, I really appreciate you. You've gone very far to the very end of this podcast, which is a lot. And the conversation we had is somewhat complicated. And I tried to stay at the very simple level. At the end of the day, make sure you get some help. Reach out to a CPA. Reach out to a friend. You know, someone out there can help you. This is hard, but you can do it. I love you.